to the uh, you know to the to the show that we're doing right now. Following the local teams, breaking down the biggest games with in-depth analysis and team interviews. There's going to be much higher expectations, sense of awareness of what uh, we bring to the table. Join the show by calling into 435-752-1069 or text 435-339-0321. It's the Full Court Press. Gross. Gross. Yes! Touchdown! We did it! Hey, what's going on, everybody? Eric Franson, Jason Walker here on the Full Court Press. It's Friday. We made it to the weekend. Congratulations. We're here. Uh, and a lot to get through here on the show today. Big win, overtime game last night in San Diego. And um, look, a win is a win. We've been talking about one a number of different things. Was it pretty? Uh, there were some things that were pretty exciting about it. Should it have been as close as it was? Uh, maybe not. But still, uh, first real road test for this Utah State men's basketball team. First road game that they've had all year. And um, they're going to have more of those, certainly. But uh, we'll recap that, what happened there, our observations and thoughts. Uh, Utah State preparing for San Jose. Some interesting developments just in the last 24 hours that I've noticed. Do some people know something that we don't know? We'll talk about that, about USU football. Uh, Utah Jazz taking on the Phoenix Suns tonight. And a busy weekend with college football and the NFL. So a lot of things to preview and talk about. Of course, uh, next hour we'll have this week in the Mountain West, a run-through of all of the schedules and uh, what happened last week for Utah State and the whole Mountain West Conference. Uh, That'll be coming up next hour here on the Full Court Press. Uh, But uh, as always, if you want to weigh in, we'd love to hear from you on our Full Court Press text line, 435-339-0321. And Jason, let's start out with, um, uh, well, I should say one thing I left, I forgot to tease. We have more high school basketball we're going to talk about today. Yeah, lots more high school basketball. Got a few more coaches to talk to, so uh, getting really excited. I've been working on my Region 11 preview, which should be coming out early next week, which I better get out early next week because that's when Region 11 basketball, or not the you know, Region 11 play, but all the teams in Region 11, or some of them, are going to get started next week. Not all of them play before Thanksgiving, but I think three or four teams will play sometime next week. Yeah, I think that's right. Um, of course, we have the schedule up now on CashValleyDaily.com if you want to go check it out. Um, and uh, which or ways to follow, how to listen to these games. Uh, but uh, we're expecting Chandler Smith for the Mountain Crest Mustangs joining us here in the next uh, 10 minutes or so. Should be fun. Always good to talk to uh, some of these coaches. Yes. So uh, we uh, did catch up with Coach Reggie Shaw for Bear River earlier today. So you'll hear that interview coming up a little bit in a few days. So uh, we'll have that all for you. Uh, and as well as Coach Mitch Argyle. Uh, we've uh, been able to catch up with him too. So uh, that will be coming up. Yeah, so we'll, we'll be able to play those interviews in, in later shows, probably early next week, Monday and Tuesday. Um, but yeah. Everything's getting rolling. I'm really excited for it. A lot of fun things for this upcoming basketball season, obviously, with, um, you know, we're covering all the boys' basketball games. People listen or watch pretty much all of them. Um, Then we're going to be getting back to uh, trying to do a Player of the Week award. 
we're going to be doing that. We were able to do a little bit in for football. Kind of got it started. We're going to ramp it up a little bit and uh, give out some hardware. Yeah, Maybe not actual hardware. We'll, well work on that. Yeah, that's something to potentially have available in the future. Uh, and we didn't have a chance to get to it yesterday, but we'll try to squeeze it in today. We'll try to get pick six squeezed in at some point today on the show. But before we uh, talk with the Chandler Smith about the Mountain Crest Mustangs, just uh, some initial reactions to that game last night for Utah State at San Diego. And look, Utah State, it was interesting that they actually dropped in the Ken Palm rankings just a little bit, but they actually did move down a little bit, even though they got the win on the road at San Diego. Yeah, some of the, the different metrics I was looking at, Ken Palm, one of them, yeah, and a couple others, had Utah State moving down slightly, mostly because metrics, they haven't really liked San Diego, which I haven't necessarily agreed with. When I looked at this schedule early on, I saw San Diego as the toughest opponent. Not just the toughest game with it being on the road, I saw them as the toughest opponent. I think they're going to finish pretty well in the uh, any team when it ends up coming out when they finish. I think they could finish around, you know, close to, if not inside of, the top 100 in the net rankings. I think this is a good team. You saw some good players. Obviously, Eric Williams isn't going to go for 43 every night for this team, but they've got a good offense. Their defense leaves some to be desired. That's going to be the main weakness of the team the whole year, but they're a team that can shoot. They're a team that can get to the rim. They're a team that can get rebounds despite not being the tallest team. And so they're going to provide some matchup challenges for a lot of different teams, and so they're going to win, you know, a decent amount of games, maybe finish third in the West Coast Conference. You know, Gonzaga's going to finish at the top because Gonzaga. <laughs> yes. uh, St. Mary's is pretty good. But San Diego very much in contention, I think, for that third spot, probably at least fourth. This is a good team with a lot of good players. Yeah, St. Mary's, San Diego, San Francisco. I mean, there's some good teams in the West Coast Conference um, that will kind of be battling for that. Because there's, yeah, there's Gonzaga. And then there's another tier, and how that plays out, who gets into that spot, second, third, maybe fourth team, uh, will be an interesting battle in the West Coast Conference. Yeah. Uh, so it was, uh, you know, looking at it, you might, some might say, oh, well, they should have won that game going away. Uh, it, maybe. Uh, but, you know, they didn't really, and there's a few things that they, they, didn't, they didn't help themselves with. Certainly shooting 57% from free throw doesn't help. Um, usually what we've seen so far this year, they've done a pretty good job of taking away a team's like top player and making it really tough for him. Uh, and they kind of did that with uh, Soho, but Williams really went off and, and had himself a day. Yeah, and he's a tricky guard for Utah State. They've not had to deal with like a really great um, – top-level athlete, a lot of the guys they've been able to take away have been the kind of jump shooters who, you know, they get their points off just being really efficient and really good at, at finishing shots regardless of who's around them. And Williams isn't, I mean, he was red hot, so for, in that way he was kind of like some of these other guys where he just finishes shots no matter what you do. Um, but you know, he's also athletic. He's able to get a lot of rebounds, able to get to his spots. So... It was just it, – it, it was a difficult garden. It's possible that Utah State might have trouble with other guys like this in the future. But the thing is, Utah State hadn't given up, given up 40 points to a guy since, like, 1987. 
So that's not going to happen again to that degree. Um, but ultimately, there's you know a few different areas that I feel like contributed to Utah State not winning as well as they could. Free, free throws you brought up. That's really something to worry about. And that's something we can get into a little bit later. Um, but Williams going for 43, that's part of it. Um, a lot of offensive rebounds allowed. They allowed 17 offense. Well, I saw one place that said 17 offensive rebounds. I think the final stats. Uh, yeah, they the, had 17. Yeah, on the final credited. stats. But then I went to basketball reference and it said San Diego only had 15. So I'm not 100% sure what's supposed to be right. But 17 offensive rebounds. That's a lot. And that's giving free offense to the other team. So if they don't allow that, if they rebound a lot better in this game, then you know they'd actually be able to take advantage of what was overall a decent defensive game. I mean, San Diego is a team that shoots red hot. And they only shot 41% from the field. They shot like 46% from three, but... Inside the arc, Utah State was doing really well, but they couldn't. When they got a stop, they couldn't finish it. And so that played into Utah State not being able to defend as well as it normally does, or at least they allowed more points than they normally do. Um, so that was one of the big things. And then obviously just Eric Williams going off. So as long as those two things aren't a consistent issue, which one of them isn't going to be, you're not going to give up 40 points to a guy every game. Offensive rebounds is one thing that I think could come up again because this isn't an elite rebounding team. They've gotten rebounds. like, And on the stat sheet, they look like a great rebounding team. But when you watch them, they're always on the razor's edge to giving up a bunch of rebounds. That's the way they were in the first few games. And then in this game, they gave up a bunch of those rebounds. So I worry about their ability to consistently grab rebounds um, against great rebounding teams. Uh, getting to some of your texts coming through, 435-339-0321. Uh, 8968 texting in. says, I just saw that Thomas Messer predicts an Aggies win 27-17. to I mean, that's for football. I assume that's for football. That would be a weird basketball score. Um, Thomas Messer, is that someone I should know? I, thought it, I feel like it's a name I've heard. but 8968, help me out here. I'm not clicking on who Thomas Messer is. Uh, 9315 texting in. West Coast Conference has a famous recipe. It's called home cooking. Last night towards the end of the game and into overtime, felt like the refs trying to help their team with crummy calls. Um, I didn't feel like it was that bad. I mean, I, I saw some people complaining about what was or wasn't to travel or maybe a shot that was uh, that was still considered clear even though the the shot clock or game clock had expired, but you know sometimes you you have to play to win by you play to win by ten just so you can win by two when you're on the road, and it's not because necessarily there's always home cooking, but because you're in an unfamiliar environment and um, you know things clock operators sometimes the trigger just is what they're used to and you're not used to the same thing, so. I don't know that there was a lot of that last night. Um, were there some questionable calls? Sure, but I think you can find that in almost every game at the collegiate level. But I don't know that there was a lot of home cooking last night. And if you look at the foul totals, Utah State had 17 fouls. San Diego had 24. 
three of their guys were in foul trouble. Two of them fouled out. And the travel at the end of regulation, I went back and looked at that. Um, watched the replay uh, as many times, you know, a bunch this morning. Just over and over and over again. And for one, the first thing that tipped me off to it, probably being a legit call, is that two referees spotted it, walked over to each other. They, they had the same signal initially to call travel. They consulted. They both agreed it was a travel. Then I went to the rule book. And if you fall down with the ball in your hands, it's a travel. Unless you somehow manage to keep a pivot foot, which you don't keep your pivot foot when you fall down. <laughs> you don't it's, move your feet like, at it's all. It's like impossible. Uh, and so that's that's a travel. Dan Akin traveled. That's what happened. He wasn't fouled. He wasn't pushed. He wasn't pulled. He fell down. And it was kind of a deliberate move on his part. He was trying to get to the ground. That or he was off balance and he just ended up going to the ground because he felt maybe that was his best option, kind of instinctually, where get to the ground, basically like a goalkeeper in soccer, cover up the ball, and, you know, there's only so much the defense can do. They can force a jump ball or foul you. Either one of those pretty much ends the game. But he went to the ground and it was a travel, and that's what it is. <laughs> so I know people weren't happy about it, but that's the rule. Uh, I, first half... Max Shulga was doing awesome. I mean, he was keeping the Aggies in this game. Yeah. Uh, he was phenomenal. Others were struggling. Uh, Akin off the bench was was doing pretty solid yeah. in different ways. Um, but Funk, the way he turned it on late and then especially into overtime, um, what a per- second-half performance by Taylor Funk. Yeah, Funk missed his first five three-point attempts. Had three points through like 30 minutes of the game. Was just not even there in terms of his offense, which was a little startling that he wasn't involved. Over the last, uh, what, 10 minutes of regulation, five minutes of overtime, he has 17 points. He started 0 for 5 from 3, finishes 5 of 10. You do the math, that means he made five straight three-pointers to end the game. And just absolute huge. Um, so it was... It was amazing. There, there were so many shot, big shots by so many different players. Obviously, you have Ashworth. He makes the game winner. Like, you have to mention that first. 20-foot jumper, thereabouts. Um, nails it. Game winner. Uh, Taylor Funk, he had a huge three to go up 89-86. Uh, obviously, that you know kept pushing Utah State ahead. And, and it was huge, not just because it put Utah State ahead, but it forced San Diego to match. And then... You know, once San Diego match, that set up the final uh, shot for Ashworth. And then, obviously, Max Shulga, he had the big first half, but he had the big shot in overtime. San Diego's up 84-80. Shulga hits a three, 84-83, and then you go from there. And Sean Barristow hit a – he actually had a pretty rough game, but he hit a, a shot to put Utah State up 86 uh, – 85, or 80, yeah, 85-84, I think. Something like that. Yeah, <laughs> trying to trying to go through the play by play in my head, and it doesn't always work well. But but yeah, I mean, guys stepped up, made big plays when they needed to. Yeah, several different guys. And and uh, right, and this is the fourth game that they've played, and the fourth time it, it, there's a different player who's the leading scorer for the team. Yeah, absolutely amazing. Pretty impressive. All right, so we're going to shift gears a little bit. We'll still talk basketball, but we're bringing it down to the high school level. Uh, as we've been talking, as we talked earlier in the show, we've been uh, going through and, and talking to all these different coaches through Region 11, finding out what their basketball teams look like. And our next stop 
is to find out about the Mountain Crest Mustangs. Coach Chandler Smith joins us here on the Full Court Press. Uh, Coach, thanks for spending some time with us today. Yeah, anytime. Thanks for having me. Uh, I guess, first of all, Coach, just I know your your season is quickly approaching. Uh, just how do you feel about how your team's coming along before this uh, season gets underway for you? Yeah, it, uh, it sneaks up real quick every year. <laughs> um, we're, we're excited. I'm really happy with where we're at. We, uh, we got a lot of experience back. A um, couple starters that have been starting for a couple years now. Joseph Fonseca, he started since he's a freshman. He'll be a junior. And Oliver Nethercott, he's he'll be starting. He started since he was a sophomore. And so we pretty much return pretty much all our guys. And so hopefully that experience will kind of help us get, get some wins this year. So you return uh, a lot of you guys, but obviously one, one big loss was uh, Preston Lofthouse. I averaged about 15 points a game for you guys last year. Um, like what's it like going to be replacing him where he was obviously a big part of your, uh, your team last year. Yeah, we relied heavily on, on Preston and he just, he was just a kid that just wanted to work and he led us in pretty much every category across the board as far as stats go. Um, but I think in losing him, um, this year we actually, we actually gained quite a bit as far as we have a lot more depth this year. Um, a lot more, some juniors that are going to get a lot of playing time. Um, some, we got some height coming. We got a couple, maybe six, five, six ish, six, six ish ish guys. Um, and so hopefully we can, uh, you know, have more depth and not have to rely solely on one individual like we did heavily last year with, with Preston. So how would you describe like how you ideally like to run your 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 team offensively defensively uh where you're uh being as the head coach this is what your second year at Mountain Crest? Yep. Yep, second year. I I was assistant for a couple of years before that, so I've been here this is my fifth year total at Mountain Crest, but second is the head. And then just just um, kind of it, making sure things are integrated how you want them as players are coming up and and uh, how much of, of your philosophy is that they're trying to learn and how much of it is you're just trying to adapt to what you have? Yeah. Um, so this year, this off season, this, uh, this last summer, we really tried to develop to become a real scoring team, a good scoring team. Um, that's one thing the last, I mean, since I've been here, we've always done pretty well defensively. Um, our kids are going to play hard. They're going to defend, they're going to rebound. And so that's great. I mean, we've been able to hold a lot of teams, you know, under 50, but we haven't been able to beat those teams because we can't score more than 45. And so kind of our big focus, my big focus or want this year is to really get the kids, you know, Let's score. We've got to score. And it's kind of funny. You try and, like, establish your system or your vision. or, But really, I mean, we've kind of let the kids take the reins and kind of develop their own style. And hopefully, I mean, so far we've really seen what we liked. And so I think it's definitely we have to adapt as coaches. I mean, we can't go out and recruit kids that fit our system you know, at the college level. So 
we got to kind of adapt to the, the kids and their strengths and their abilities and then like, kind of mesh with that in a way rather than just saying, okay, this is how we're going to do it regardless of your talents and abilities. So that's kind of the approach we've taken this, this off season and, and moving forward into our, our start of our season. So you mentioned trying to, you know, just get more points on the board. Like, how do you about, how do you go about trying to, you know, you know, get that kind of improvement? Like, what do you do? What is there? There's only so much you can do personnel wise. Like, what do you do to try maybe in, implement a system or, you know, help guys to, you know, improve your team offensively? Yeah. So one thing that we've done is we've really tried to teach them how to play rather than teach them specific plays. Um, and that just comes with playing a lot together, playing a lot with each other. Um, we play over 50 games in the spring and summer, this off season, uh, played in a couple different Olympus leagues where we're going down twice a week playing, you know, Davis and Olympus. And, and so just playing a lot in the off season, playing together, um, that in itself has really helped them kind of develop a, a natural flow and, you know, confidence and being aggressive rather than them worrying about, oh, I'm supposed to go run this play and stand here and do that. And so it really just, we've really just tried to play a lot with them, um, get them playing together, get them letting them know they have freedom and then taking what the defense gives you. Um, and then just putting in the work, the individual work, shooting, ball handling, just the basic fundamentals. So that's kind of what we've gone. We've kind of approach we've taken as a staff. Coach, with those uh, uh, games that you played in or tournaments that you participated in in the spring and the summer, how many of those uh, instances were you utilizing a shot clock? to get your, your team ready and familiar with how that's going to be at the start of this uh, upcoming season? Yeah, surprisingly, a lot of um, – it's probably about 50-50. I mean, early on in the spring when it was kind of a newer thing, not a lot of schools or programs had the shot clocks going yet. But then pretty much by May, <clears throat> all the games that we played had shot clocks. And so um, – so, yeah, that was kind of fun to get used to. It was kind of fun for the kids, a new style. And I mean, I remember there was one time I was hounding on them to be patient, be patient, be patient, and that clock ran out, and I was like, gosh, I totally forgot we're using the shot clock. <laughs> so, <laughs> I mean, it's good to get those out in the off season. But, yeah, we've, they've, they're kind of getting the hang of it now. I mean, it's where it's being a part of the game, I guess you could say. So, just staying on the subject of the shot clock, I've asked pretty much every coach this uh, in a lot of these interviews. Like, you know, what are your thoughts on how this will uh, impact the the high school game? You know, for better or worse. Yeah, I don't know. Um, that's one thing that was interesting was you know you kind of get feedback from the kids and and they're kind of like, oh, it doesn't. Even, I mean, we play so fast anyways that it doesn't really come into effect too much. Um, I think where you're going to see the biggest impact is just in the game situations. Um, instead of stalling for two minutes, if you have a eight point lead, you know, it forces you to, you know, strategize and, and it forces you to shoot. And so I think that's where 
we got to learn to adjust to, to that aspect of the game. Uh, again, we're talking to Chandler Smith, head coach of the Mountain Crest Mustangs boys basketball team. Uh, when it comes to putting your, your non-region schedule together, uh, is there any particular philosophy that you have when you're trying to schedule teams? you like to get out on the road more than, than being at home or type of opponents that you like to typically try to face? Um, I mean, I guess nothing too crazy. Um, you know, this being my second year, I haven't really, you know, you try and strategically kind of pick your schedule and stuff, but then you owe other coaches, you know, a home game or something that's been established before you. And so, but I mean, I definitely like to have some games. I just want us to be competitive. Um, I want games that I know we can compete in. Um, even if we lose them, I want us to be um, competitive. And so, on the first year when I was coaching the sophomores, we, you know, I think we opened with Bingham at Bingham, and it was just kind of, I mean, I don't know how much how productive it was for both programs. And so, um, just a competitive schedule, you know. Um, I think it's if we can just compete, and also, I mean, we need to learn how to win. You know, we need some games that we can hopefully compete and, and win and learn how to win and kind of, you know, figure out those things. So, so Coach, uh, tell me a little bit more about, you know, the style of your team. A lot of Region 11 coaches really seem to want to get out and run, uh, play up tempo. Is, is that what your team's going to be like, uh, you know, just lots of pace? We'd like to. Um, I think this year we finally have the personnel to really do that do it effectively. Um, I really like our guards. I, I trust all of them. I mean, and I mean, if they're, if they feel like they got a shot and they, they shoot anywhere, I mean, I'm, I kind of trust them and I want them to have that, that confidence and that freedom. And so, I mean, with our speed and our length, I, I think this year we're going to really try to get out. I mean, that was one of our focuses this summer in Offspring was if we're going to score, more points, we got to get some of those easy buckets, those, you know, transition layups and kind of catch the, the defense sleeping for a second. So, so yeah, definitely. Um, I would love to see us run the floor more and, and spread the floor, spread the defense out and, and get to the rim a little more if we can. How would you assess what this upcoming season is going to look like through, uh, throughout Region 11? Man, that's a million-dollar question. Uh, this region, <laughs> it's gonna. I think it's gonna be fun. I think everyone's. I think it's gonna be a very competitive year. Um, Skyview's gonna be tough. They have everyone back. Ridgelines, Ridgeline. They're gonna have guys. Um, Logan. I've watched Logan a lot in the summer, and I mean, they're they're working hard and they look really good. And I mean, everyone. Green Canyon. River, everyone's can beat you, and everyone's beatable. I think too. So I think it's going to be a kind of a dogfight for sure. I don't think there's going to be as many. I don't think there's going to be such a gap as far as records go in the win loss column. So I'm I'm curious to get your thoughts. Uh, we had the you know conference or classification realignment news kind of come out recently. I don't know if. Have you got a chance to, to see that news and see some of the <clears throat> proposals that have been put out so far? Yeah, I just actually, uh, our football coach came in this morning at school and, and showed me, and I just kind of glanced at it just for a second. But, uh, 
pretty interesting. Yeah, I don't know how it's going to play out, but um, I do think it's good to have a bigger classification as far as more than just two regions. That's one thing I, I think should happen for sure. So I, I think Mountain Crest was like on the bubble as a team that could go down to 3A. Uh, would it be safe to say you guys would rather stay in 4A? Yeah, I would. Um, yeah, personally. Just, just. I mean, I grew up here. I went to Mountain Crest, and, and I've competed here. I've taught here, and it's just kind of, I don't know if there's an opportunity for us to go up or down. I think us as a community or, you know, I think we'd rather be up. So, but that's just my kind of personal take just from living here and going to school here and competing here. Remind me when you were playing basketball for Mountain Crest, was that during the period where they were up in the five A classification or was it just four A? It was just four A. So, my Logan was 3A, and so it was just us and Skyview uh, through high school for me. Gotcha. Okay. Well, Coach, uh, we appreciate you spending some time with us today. Uh, folks can uh, follow along to see what's uh, going on with the Mountain Crest Mustangs on 107.7 KLZX. Jake Ellis will be there on the play, uh, play-by-play, calling those games on radio and on Cash Valley Daily. And uh, appreciate you coming on, and uh, best of luck this upcoming season. Hey, thanks. Appreciate it. Okay, Chandler Smith, head coach of the Mountain Crest Mustangs. We'll take a quick timeout when we come back. A little bit more about the Utah State men's basketball. And uh, what don't we know about what's going on with USU and San Jose? That the Vegas line has been really moving, which is unusual, for that matchup coming up on Saturday. We'll discuss next on the Full Court Press. Hey, Logan, there's no reason to wait. Al's Sporting Goods pre-Black Friday sale is bigger than ever. Get to Al's while the selection is at its best. All winter outerwear from the best brands like North Face, Cool, Columbia, and Burton, 20% off. Giro goggles starting at just $19.99. Outdoor ski bibs just $25. Come check out the huge selection of skis and snowboards from Line, Atomic, Burton, K2, and more. All winter base layers save 20%. It's Al's Sporting Goods pre-Black Friday sale going on now through Saturday. Al's Sporting Goods, every sport, every season. Advanced Heating and AC, the two-time gold medal winner in Best in Northern Utah. They're teaming up with Carrier Heating and Cooling. Carrier provides you the best furnace units available. And now's the best time to buy a new unit before the weather turns Cash Valley cold. Financing options are available. Turn to the experts at Advanced Heating and Carrier. Advanced Heating and Air Conditioning, 752-7272. Or stop by their showroom west of DI. And online at advancedheating-ac.com. We're not comfortable until you are. Advanced Heating and Air. It's game time, and you're in the locker room, ready to take the field. But suddenly, you notice a player you don't recognize. He's wearing your team's jersey, and he even knows your name. But you've never seen him before now. Would you trust this stranger with your team's playbook? That's exactly how phishing scams work. And the first quarter of 2022 saw the highest volume of phishing attacks ever recorded. Protect your business with the Les Olson Security Suite from Les Olson IT. Learn more at lesolson.com. Prodigy Brewing has so much appreciation and gratitude for the warm embrace Cash Valley has given us. We want to invite you to join us for Sunday brunch from 10 a.m. to 4 p.m. Our Sunday-only brunch menu features sweet and savory options such as chorro French toast, chilequiles, fried chicken egg sandwich, and a Bloody Mary bar. You also won't want to miss our hash browns. Whether you are out with the family or friends, Prodigy Brewing is the place to be in Cash Valley. Open seven days a week, located at 25 West Center Street in beautiful downtown Logan. 
Clean it up and get it out before the snow flies. Don't wait another winter. Let DD Auto and Salvage pay you for that junk vehicle. DD Auto and Salvage makes it so easy and fast to get rid of your junker vehicles by paying you the most money possible. Pickup is available. If you have metal, DD Auto and Salvage and Logan wants to pay you today. Call 787 1204. That's 787 1204 today. See store for details. Sunday on Compass Media Network's coverage of the NFL. It's a cross-conference showdown from the Charm City as the Baltimore Ravens host the Carolina Panthers. Hi, this is Chris Carino. Join Brian Baldinger and me for all the action. The Panthers are coming off a win last week, but can they slow down the electrifying Lamar Jackson and a Ravens team looking for their fourth straight victory? It's the Ravens and the Panthers. If it's the NFL, it's right here. Sunday morning, beginning at 1030 on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM, The Fan. Talking the sports you care about. The Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan. Cold weather is here. That means it's more important than ever to keep your car in tip-top shape. Get your oil changed at Valvoline Instant Oil Change across from Angie's on Main Street in Logan. It's service you can trust with Superior Loop Valvoline Instant Oil Change. Once again, big thanks to Chandler Smith joining us on the Full Court Press, head coach of the Mountain Crest Mustangs. Um, we've got we've got some young coaches, well, youngish for their positions, I should say. Chandler Smith is kind of a younger guy too, but yeah, but youngish to their positions. You know, Mitch Argyle has been in his position for this is his second year. I think it's the second year, Logan. Uh, Logan Brown, obviously not new to coaching in the Valley. He was at Logan for a while. He's in his second year at Green Canyon. Uh, Chandler Smith, obviously, still pretty new. I think Kyle Day, I don't know how long. I can't remember how long he's been at Ridgeline. He's been there several years. He's been yeah. there a couple years. Kirk Hilliard, obviously. Yeah, the, he's, he's been around for a while. <laughs> the old elder statesman, I'll put it that way. The elder statesman of high school coaches. And, uh, and Reggie Shaw has been in his position for a couple years. Yeah. Of course, uh, I've, after the interview with him that we conducted earlier today, <laughs> that we'll hear back later, um, after the interview, I was kicking myself because I wanted to ask him, he, he had kind of a, a health scare not that long ago, and uh, just wanted to see how he's doing with his health. Obviously, I mean, he's doing well enough he can coach again. But I forgot to ask about uh, Chandler Smith because uh, I was trying to reach out to him about doing this interview, and he didn't get back with me initially, and I sent up a follow-up to say, hey, just you see the note? And he said, Oh, sorry. We had a baby over the weekend. I was oh, like, yeah, oh. That's right. <laughs> I was like, oh, that's why. That's why I didn't. Uh, <laughs> well, congratulations, Smith family. Sorry, yeah. we're a little slow on that. So, yeah, I forgot about that too. It was just like, dang us. So, very, very good excuse for him as to why he uh, was initially responsive. Obviously, <laughs> there are a lot of things more important than us, and he was uh, preoccupied with one of those yeah, very yes. important life things. So. Uh, so, I mean, this is for entertainment purposes only. Keep this in mind. But when the betting odds were set for the Utah State San Jose State, <laughs> you be very game, careful with how you said that because we are a non-betting <laughs> state. Um, San Jose State opened as a two and a half point favorite in Logan. It has now moved to where Utah State is now favored by one. And. That's quite a bit of movement when you consider what money is involved and where that money is going, and they keep adjusting those lines to try to 
part of it is a line is set to encourage people to to bet. Like, oh, that's that's clearly going to be one way or the other, and then they start to adjust it based on the money that's coming in. Yeah, and they they try and land where half the money is on one side, half's on the other, at least theoretically. But the a lot of the money is going on Utah State. Like the vast majority was going on Utah State to cover, and so they kept adjusting the line. And uh, now it's to the point where Utah State is favored. Now it's not that way in every sports book, but it is in a lot of them. Yeah, because yeah, each one will adjust it based on how much money they're getting. And I don't think it's typical for lines to move late by a lot, unless there's a dramatic shift uh, and something that happens. Say in the middle of practice, a star quarterback rips his knee. Okay, that's a material change, and they adjust the lines. Um, I think a lot of times they might like pause betting to adjust the lines, <laughs> so that nobody can get a cheap, uh, cheap bet. Um, so usually the a lot of movement will take place right after the line is set. Uh, maybe Vegas didn't put out the best line, and then they end up having to adjust it. Um, but for it to move like this, like two or three points worth in one direction. On like a Thursday into Friday? Right. Normally, you might see it move like a half a point, maybe a full point, but never this much. I mean, yeah, it's not, especially never, not this but late. It's very rare, especially, yeah, this late in the week. So it, it, it's interesting. Um, I'm not a betting man, and if I was, I wouldn't be betting on Utah State at the moment. No, I mean, both you and I, when we looked at it, we did not discuss beforehand what we were going to do or how we were going to come down on our – our predictions for the game Saturday, the first time that we heard each other share our predictions was with all of you live yeah. on this show. But both you and I feel like San Jose is going to win this by more than a touchdown. So maybe there's sometimes those folks in Vegas are privy to information that the most of us, uh, the rest of us, don't. Did Cordero not make the trip? Like, <laughs> I don't know what's going on. Like, I don't, I don't know. Are they just that confident in Utah State's uh, ability to come out with this? Which Utah State's shown an uncanny ability to win games that sometimes they don't have any business winning. Who knows? Maybe they'll pull it off this time. But, um, I mean, there we gave our predictions yesterday. We went through that. I feel like some of the, the strengths of San Jose go up against some of the weaknesses of USU, and I don't know that USU's strengths necessarily go up against their weaknesses as much. Um, I, I just have too many concerns. I hope it plays out like these Vegas people are trying to predict. Um, I'm just too concerned about that quarterback, how he slings the ball around, and their front seven, and how they can get after Cooper Lega. I think the information Vegas is probably privy to is that I think Utah State got their hands on my patented game plan <laughs> just, that, play, just play better that must be it that must be it coach Sanders was listening to the show they did oh that's an amazing game plan jason picture the locker room stat <laughs> just play better a couple quick texts coming through 9315 oh, with the number of texts you got several we might come up to, we might Get to some of those later because they're basketball related. But specifically to uh, football, Vegas seeing my prediction on the show yesterday and realized they need to fix things. Go Aggies. Okay. Uh, 6 2 1 1. I just checked the line on the USU versus San Jose game. Now it's at 1.5 for USU. Yeah. 
Uh, it's, those, it's, the, it's moving. Those guys who uh, bet like a few thousand dollars on Utah State to win the national title game trying to recoup some of that money. Yeah, maybe. Uh, uh, 6294 MGM still has San Jose State minus one and a half. Do that with that, what you will. Yeah, that's what's strange. You'll bet MGM has San Jose State by a point and a half. Um, but um, Caesars and several others have the Aggies by one. So pretty big disparity there. Yeah, it's weird to have that big of a gap. Usually it's a point to half a point difference at most. Usually pretty close. Between the sports books. Uh, 8968, thanks for the clarification. Thomas Messer, I guess, is West Coast sports writer predicting the outcome of the Mountain West games. Hope they know something we don't. Hopefully. I've generally enjoyed being proven wrong. That's uh, it's something I, you know, in terms of my pessimistic predictions, I've enjoyed having those proven wrong, and it's happened plenty of times in my crow career. is delicious. <laughs> I love to eat crow, <laughs> except when you do the trash talking. That's, <laughs> That's true. That's not as fun. Uh, another quick timeout here in the full court press. Uh, we'll continue talking about Utah State basketball, Utah State football. A busy weekend. In the Mountain West and the NFL and college football, a lot on the line. We'll discuss coming up next. I'd love to continue to get your texts also. 435-339-0321. Not sure what to give for a holiday gift for family or employees? How about a gift card to Beehive Pub and Grill? Receive a voucher for a free gelato with a $25 gift card purchase. Or a voucher for a free burger or sandwich of your choice with a $50 gift card purchase. Take care of your coworkers, employees, and family with a gift card from Beehive Pub and Grill. Open 11 to 8.30 weekdays and 11 to 9 Friday and Saturday. Beehive Pub and Grill is perfect for the holidays. Hi, this is James with White Pine Funerals. We're excited to host our annual holiday concert featuring a choir and musical ensemble by Jay Richards. All are welcome to attend free of charge. We extend a special invitation to anyone who is missing a loved one this holiday season. Food donations are encouraged at the door for the Cash Food Pantry. Back-to-back performances will take place at White Pine on Thursday, December 1st at 7 p.m. and 8.30 p.m. That's Thursday, December 1st at 7 p.m. or 8.30 p.m. Thermo Fisher Scientific is hiring for their manufacturing, distribution, and warehouse team. And that's great news for anyone seeking a rewarding career. Thermo Fisher offers positions across multiple shifts, competitive compensation, health benefits, paid time off, bonuses, and an excellent work environment. Help Thermo Fisher make the world healthier, cleaner, and safer. Visit jobs.thermofisher.com and search Logan. Thermo Fisher Scientific is an equal opportunity employer. This is Zach with HSA Depot. Christmas is nearly here. Make sure you be merry and bright by using your pre-tax funds on your medical needs. We know your regular holiday budget is disappearing quick. So instead, save money by using your pre-tax income to buy qualifying medical supplies. HSA Depot carries hundreds of unique and dashing eligible products to help you conquer your health care. Come to HSA Depot next to Sally Beauty Supply and see how much you can save this holiday season. HSA Depot, 5-star review. For over 20 years, Aegis Home Health and Hospice has been providing health care to Cash, Box Elder, and Rich Counties. Whatever or wherever your health care needs, Aegis' goal is to meet those needs. Aegis Home Health and Hospice core values are character, experience, and trust. Aegis, A-E-G-I-S, striving to provide the health care services you need. Aegis Home Health and Hospice. Call 723-9000 or find them at myagis.com. It doesn't matter who you root for. 
The Full Court Press has all the high school sports covered. The Full Court Press. Connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, and online at 1069thefan.com. Join us in helping the Cash Community Food Pantry as they try to help people, help families throughout Cash Valley and all of northern Utah, really, have a, a good Thanksgiving and a good Christmas and really just help them out with their food insecurity. You can drop off donations there at the Cash Food Pantry. You can make a financial donation through their website or even through Venmo at Cash-Pantry. So please join us here at The Fan and all of us at the Cash Valley Media Group as we try to help and support the Cash Community Food Pantry this holiday season. Uh, the Utah State men's basketball team uh, picking up a nice win last night at San Diego. Well, I'm still going to call it a nice win. You know, there are some people freaking out that this would, will, could be a, uh, a black eye on Utah State if it comes down to their opportunity with the selection committee. But look, you, you still got to win on the road against a team that was, to that point, undefeated. And they're not a bad team. They're top 150. So I guess it would still go down as a um, – that'd be a quad – let's see, quad two. Yeah, it's quad two quad, most likely. Nope, sorry, quad three actually. Quad three. Well, I, I've said, like, I don't think this is going to go against Utah State. Nobody's going to look at this and say it was a bad win. This is a team that I think is going to – I already said that I think this team could finish inside the top 100 in the NET. I know Ken Palm – isn't super high on him right now. He has him at like 150 or 151, I think, because they dropped after losing to Utah State, and Utah State dropped after beating them on the road. Um, but I don't think it's come back to haunt Utah State. If anything, it's going to end up being a solid quad two win. Yeah, it, you. If they lost, that's a black eye. Yeah, if you the lost, they don't. Net does not take into point differential, does it? Um, I don't think so. I don't think that it does. I looked up what NET had, and I forgot. I know road and away, and it also does a strength of schedule calculation. I can't remember if point differential was involved. I should look that up. I don't. I don't remember if it does. But, um, yeah. I, I, if you lost the game, then yeah, definitely you begin worrying, and you start really rooting for San Diego to play well, so this doesn't look as bad. But at this point, you won the game. It's way early in the season. Teams aren't going to look, you know, the selection committee is not going to look all the way up to game four and say, oh, you only beat San Diego by two on the road. Ah, no, in overtime? That's, that's, uh, a, that's a horrible win. You're out. No, it, it, it's going gonna, it's gonna to look solid. It's going to show up as a quad two win most likely because I think San Diego is going to be a lot better than they are right now. You know, when I was doing the preview and schedule preview, I had Utah State losing this game. Uh you know, based on what I was thinking. I thought they'd win the first three games, go on the road to San Diego and lose. Partly because it was on the road, but partly because I thought San Diego was the best team of the first four they would face. And honestly, best of the first five that they would face, based on what I could see. So I'm not worried about this at all because the offense still played good. The defense, you do worry a little bit about um, defensive rebounding. That's something to keep an eye on for the future. It's something that and giving kind up of, 89 points. Yeah. And and giving up the 89 points is a lot that had to do with a lot of offensive rebounds. Um, one guy getting mega hot from three. I mean, outside of him, I think San Diego shot pretty poorly. They shot as a team 41% from the field. 
They shoot like 46% from three, but the one dude went seven of eight. Yeah. So it's like, generally speaking, Utah State had a couple of holes to worry about on defense, but offensively they played well. Free throws, that's something to, uh, to also watch. little worried about free throw shooting. It's been, you know, kind of a prick in Utah State's side. It's not been a problem. It almost was a problem in this game. It hasn't cost them a game yet, yeah, but it, down the line it easily could. It dang near did cost them. A couple of, you know, Max Shulga misses back-to-back threes late in regulation. Dan Akin misses a, a free throw that would have put up by a little bit more in overtime. Uh, nearly costing them the game. But uh, hasn't been a huge issue yet, although there's three of Utah State's top five. I, I, I looked at the – so three of their top five in terms of number of free throws uh, taken. Akin leads the team in free throw attempts per game. Um, he shoots – he's a career 55% free throw shooter. Bearstow, uh, he, or I think Bearstow's either number two or number five. No, Bearstow's fifth in free throw attempts. He's a career 65% shooter. Shulga – He's a decent career free throw shooter, but this year he's shooting 67%. Uh, it's like several of your top free throw shooters. There's good free throw shooters on this team. Steven Ashworth, Ryland Jones has been pretty solid his whole career. Z Hamoda, uh, Taylor Funk's been all right uh, for his career, but they're not the ones taking the free throws. The guys drawing the free throws and getting to the line aren't shooting very well right now. So that's something to keep an eye on. Shoga will probably... You know, increase back to the mean, but some of these other guys, they're taking a lot of free throws and they're shooting about what they have, and it's not very good. No. Several surprises in uh, Mountain West Conference basketball last night. We'll run through that scoreboard. A couple more of your texts coming up 435 339 0321 here on the Full Court Press. One of this year's most popular and in-demand Christmas gifts is sure to be the e-bike. Find the best name in e-bikes, the Yamaha Power Assist Bikes at Cash Honda Yamaha in Hyde Park. Yamaha e-bikes have superior technology and pure ride performance. Choose the model and style right for you. Yamaha All-Road e-bikes or Yamaha Mountain e-bikes, all backed up by Cash Honda Yamaha's full service department. Yamaha Power Assist e-bikes on display and on sale now at Cash Honda Yamaha at the light in Hyde Park. Your skis are skinny and your boots tie with leather. You know exactly what I'm talking about. You need up-to-date ski equipment and your kids want the good stuff. Al's Sporting Goods has season ski rental for the entire family. Ski and board equipment that you can rent for the entire season. Pick them up now, bring them back in May. And for a limited time, get a free Cherry Peak Lift Pass. Youth season ski or snowboard rental, only $99. Adult season ski or snowboard rentals, only $114. Don't wait. 99 and 114 season ski rental prices will go. Al's Sporting Goods for season ski rentals. Every sport, every season. Nothing compares to the warmth and feel that a wood stove provides. The two-time Best of Northern Utah winning team says there's never been a better time to replace your old inefficient wood stove and install a new energy-efficient EPA-certified Vermont casting wood product in your home. The U.S. government is offering federal tax credits of 26% on your wood stove install. For Vermont casting units, that includes stoves, binning, and labor. Call or email Advanced Fireplace and Stove for a free in-home estimate. Call 435-752 7272 or go to advancedfireplaceandstove.com Are you a small business owner? Who's your bank? This is Bruce Rigby. I want to invite you to bank with us at Cash Valley Bank. We specialize in helping small business and we have great people. That's the Cash Valley Bank difference. Decisions made locally without all the red tape by people who care and know how to help small business. 
Cash Valley Bank. Growing, expanding, and proud to have our roots firmly planted in Cash Valley. Cash Valley Bank. Member FDIC. This is Nate Lamson with Valley Office Systems, your home team when local matters. Valley Office Systems is your local provider for all things office, copiers, printers, furniture, and document management. Proudly serving Cash Valley since 2007. Visit valleyofficesystems.com. Join the show by calling 435-752-1069 or text 435-339-0321. It's the Full Court Press with Eric Franson and Jason Walker. Eric France and Jason Walker here on the Full Court Press. And you, getting your texts, come into the show, 435-339-0321. Uh, 9315 had sent in a few texts uh, earlier. Um, one asking, what about USU trying to call a timeout and missed at the end of the game? I was trying to figure this out because I'm not sure if he was referring to the end end of game or end of regulation. Uh, end of regulation, there was no chance to take a timeout because Akin immediately committed a travel after getting the ball. At the end of overtime, I was trying to look at the broadcast and see if Coach Odom was calling for a timeout. And he's not in view, uh, at least initially, because if you hit a shot, you know, San Diego gets possession, but you can call a timeout like right there. And according to the broadcast, Utah State had a timeout. So I'm not sure. Odom didn't seem too upset about not getting a timeout. Um, but um, the referee, like, held up a hand in the direction of Odom. Couldn't tell if he was just saying no or waving him off. Or So it's possible they missed a timeout. Mm. Yeah, I, I don't know. I'm with you. I don't remember a miss there. Yeah. Uh, another uh, text from 9315. Is Splashworth a clutch player? Definitely headed that way, if not there already. Yeah, he's he's been pretty good. You know, yesterday he had he, he struggled a little bit. He had a couple of big threes. Uh, overall, I think he went like three of eight from the field. Uh, the game-winning shot was actually his only two-pointer of the game, uh, at least that he made. Uh, but obviously, he's got the confidence to make that yeah. shot, and usually he's. He's skilled enough that he will make it. Yeah, and he should take it. Like, the fact that he was, you know, at, at that point, you know, over from inside the arc and only, like, 2 of 7 overall, that shouldn't deter him. Didn't deter Taylor Funk when he missed his first five three-point attempts. What happened? He made five straight. <laughs> yeah, turned it around. Like, you, you know, we shouldn't get too much on some of these guys for uh, uh, some low percentages because that's what happens. Shooters go into slumps, but these guys – the ones who are shooting it are all good enough to shoot themselves out of it. Funk can do it. Ashworth can do it. There'll be a night when Funk goes 0 for 4 from 3, probably. It's very likely, Ernie, you know, an actual 1 for 5. And Ashworth's had plenty of games where he, you know, he goes 0 for, and he just has a dud offensively. Shooting. But he'll also go for 28 some nights. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Uh, quickly, just some scores around the Mountain West last night. Colorado State with a big win over South Carolina, 85-53. to Boise State laid an egg against Charlotte in the Myrtle Beach Invitational. Only scored 11 first-half points and lost 54-42. to uh, Portland beat Air Force. Air Force off to a, a rough start. Hofstra 
beat San Jose State. So kind of a weird start to the uh, Mountain West's schedule. Hell. I'm Dan Patrick, and this is Above the Noise. The Tennessee Titans have consistently been a playoff contender every year since 2018. But the Titans have always lacked the offensive balance under Mike Vrabel. And after the team decided to move on from star wideout A.J. Brown this offseason, the questions surrounding the Titans' offense have only continued. But last night, Tennessee showed off an impressive amount of versatility in the win against the Packers. The Titans dominated the time of possession through Derrick Henry, and quarterback Ryan Tannehill threw for over 300 yards. And two touchdowns. A lot of that came thanks to rookie first-round pick Traylon Burks, who is now finally healthy after missing four games to begin the season with a foot injury. Whenever there is a standalone game, it's difficult not to overreact. After all, the Titans are still just 29th in passing, 24th in points per game. But if Tennessee can continue to build off last night, they'll be a force to be reckoned with come playoff time. I'm Dan Patrick, and this is Above the Noise.